RadioInfluence.com. Welcome, welcome back to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. How's everybody doing this week? Listen, 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 man. Listen, man. Okay. World Superbike is coming to the U.S. as they do every year. Um, For a minute, for a minute, they weren't sure. It wasn't confirmed until later on when the original... Uh, the tentative schedule for the 2019 World Superbike season was released. When that calendar came out, the U.S. round at Laguna Seca was not on the calendar. So after a couple of weeks and speculation and blah, 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 an official calendar came out and World Superbike was indeed uh, stopping in the U.S. You know, it had been a sin and a shame if they had counted out the U.S., if the U.S. was not involved with the 2019 calendar. I don't know the ins and outs of why it wasn't on there originally, but I know it's on there now, and I know that that's where I will be come the weekend of July the 13th and 14th. That's Saturday and Sunday. Actually, I'm getting into town on the 12th of July. So if you're going... To Laguna Seca for World Superbike and the Superbike class of Moto America. Holla at your boy. Black Moses is coming back to California, y'all. And we got plenty of time to plan out some social activities in addition to uh, some track uh, and paddock fun as well. So, again, the weekend is July the 12th through the 14th. The track is WeatherTech Raceway. Laguna Seca in Salinas, California. Although most people know it's Monterey, Monterey, you know, it's all good. You can either fly into Monterey. Uh, they have a, a, a very quaint and cozy uh, airport in Monterey. Uh, or some people fly into San Francisco, San Francisco. Others will fly into uh, LAX and drive up, you know, you, it, it, either way, as long as you get there, it's the main that's the main point. That's the main point. Get there. Okay? That's where your boy is going to be for world. For <laughs> so, I'm so excited. That's where your boy is going to be for round nine of World Superbike. Uh, I'm excited, man. Get to see so many of my friends. Uh, race week, International race weekends are just something special. So, you know, obviously you have MotoGP, top tier. Right up there is World Superbike. And, of course, you know, you can't discount... Uh, my home, my home series, which is Moto America. Uh, yeah, you know, it's great racing, great people, great fans. Boy, Black Moses will be there. And maybe, maybe, maybe we can figure out how to do a live uh, situation with life in the fast lane. Maybe, maybe that's something Jerry and Jason, I know you guys are listening, uh, my producers, let's uh, <laughs> let's figure out if we can maybe somehow do something uh, special, a special edition of Life in the Fast Lane. It's something that I wanted to do uh, for Moto America. I'm sorry, for MotoGP uh, last month, but it just didn't come together. So maybe, maybe we've got time. We've got at least a month, over a month, barely, but we've got over a month to maybe figure something else. I can't make any promises, but your boy's going to try to do what he does. You dig? Welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, y'all. Let's ride. My guest this week is more than a stunt rider. He's a stunt person. Most recently, he's worked on films that include Venom and John Wick 3. You can catch him performing in the Indian Thrill Show at most major bike events across the country. Please welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, Mr. Joe Dryden. Mr. Lane, how are you? So good to hear from you, my friend. It is, you know, it, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've uh, been, each, been in each other's company. Uh, the last it time. Has. It has, right? Has it been over a Port, year? Portland? 
Portland? It has definitely, definitely been over a year. Yeah, definitely man. been over a year. That was uh, we were on set for the Icon Motor Vlogger Takedown Challenge. Correct. Good correct. times. Uh, you're back down in New Orleans. No, did I say? Did I get it right? Nolens. Everybody says Nolens. Nolens, right? But I'm not, not from here, so I'm I'm just straight up New Orleans. I'll pronounce it. <laughs> New Orleans, yes. New Orleans, New Orleans. New Orleans. Where, yeah. are you, where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from Maine, a very really? small town in Maine. Yeah, a really small town. One traffic light when I was growing up, and it was a blinking light until I was 18. It wasn't even a real intersection. Are so, yeah, serious? very small town. Yep. Yep. Wow. It's, uh, it's a cool, cool part of my little story and something I'm very proud of. You know, it's, uh, it's home, and I love where I came from, and uh, I'm excited to, to see where life has brought me. You you definitely have a, 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 a an incredible incredible story. Uh, your journey is is still you're still on your journey, but you've done so much, and we're going to get into a little bit, if not a lot, of everything as much as we can. But I wanted yep. to um I gotta say you're one of those guys that I wish I had the opportunity to spend more time with. Um. You know, you, you, you're a cool dude, man. You're a cool dude. I, I like, I love being in your company and you can ride your ass off. I guess that goes without saying. Um, <laughs> uh, I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate that. No, it means absolutely. a lot to me. You're uh, same deal that the, the respect is mutual uh, for yeah. sure. A hundred percent. So we've been running in similar circles for quite a few years now, man. Like I feel like it, it must be. Jeez, man, time flies, but somewhere around the early icon days, right? Yeah, like 2005, man. maybe We're going back yeah. 06, 07. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Listen, listen, let's let's get into your background. Um, you know, wait, better yet, better yet. Before we get into it, into it, let's, how would you categorize yourself? You're, you're more than a stunt rider, you're more than a stunt man. How would if someone says Joe Dryden dot dot dot, what would be on the other side of that dot dot dot? Well, you know, the, the other side of that dot 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 has changed uh, quite a bit over the years. You know, it was Joe Dryden dot 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 motorcycle enthusiast, you know, and then it changed to dot 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 stuntman. And, you know, lately it's definitely dot 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 dad. You know, that's for sure. The, that's the that's the title these days. But uh, no, it's changed a bit over the years. But the, the one constant has always been two wheels for me. And it's either been, you know, riding my dirt bike in the woods or getting into hair scrambles and racing or getting into street bikes and whatever it was. It was mostly about just trying to ride my motorcycles in one form or another, you know, and I just sort of let that journey take me where it has, you know. And your occupation, the, the 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 gig that pays the bills. I mean, that's I me. Mean, obviously, well, and again, I, I know we'll get into a little bit of your, you know, your your catalog of work. But you recently, when we, you and I met, it was all about, you know, not lot sessions, but you were definitely more of a stunt person doing shows, maybe competitions, things of that nature. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate for sure. You know, I, um, the, the motorcycle thing, honestly, man, I, I gotta be honest with you. It was just strictly out of joy, you know? And, and the reason why early on I put a professional face on what I did was just because I felt as though it was the best way for me to continue having fun riding. And it was means to keep riding and it was means to keep doing that stuff. And, you know, it, um, it, it just, really like I just wanted to ride and I didn't necessarily care about being the best. I didn't have to be doing the latest trick. I just wanted to ride my bike and I wanted to have fun doing it. Where did Joe vertical come from? <laughs> you know who, <laughs> who owns that is, uh, is the infamous Kyle Woods. Really? Kyle that one. Yeah. So I think shout out to Kyle. Was, it's been a minute. Shout out to Kyle. Hope he's doing shout great. Shout out to Kyle. I just worked with him. Oh, really? Literally two weeks ago. Yeah. I hadn't seen him in quite a few years, but maybe we can circle back to that. It's a awesome. fun story yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I, uh, you know, back in the early days of, of street freestyle, it was very rare that somebody kind of rode on their own, right? Everybody kind of had a crew. Everybody had a team. Everybody had friends that they rode with and they kind of pushed each other. And, 
you know, we, we were big into that in Maine and I had a group of guys that were amazing. They're still some of my best friends to this day. And we were the vertical outlaws. Like that was our, our team name. That's the banner that we flew under. And, and that's where, you know, we did shows and, and that's who we became recognized as. And I think that when I started getting a little more serious about it and I was on my own, a lot of people were saying, you know, that's Joe from vertical outlaws. That's Joe from vertical outlaws. And then Kyle, I think he just kind of snipped it off and just said Joe vertical and it has just stuck. I like it has still got it. <laughs> I like that. That's, you know, that's cool. Cause you know, everybody do, it was during that time. Everybody had a name. Everybody had, you know, look, look who's talking. Mm-hmm. I call myself Black Moses and I speak in third person. So <laughs> unless, unless, unless you're Eric Hohenschel, right? Doesn't he call you Black Moses? He does. That's Moses. Moses. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but you know what's funny? And it's not about me. It's about you. But you know, speaking of that whole time, that era, you know, Jason Britton, shout out to big bro, Jason Britton. Mm-hmm. Jason used to call me stunt mouth. <laughs> because I would MC the stunt shows, so it was stunt mouth, and then also fitting. Yes, where where and then it, it, it be, from stunt mouth it evolved into we had a challenge. I was supposed to lose some weight, um, and we I stepped on the scale, and Jason just looked at me and said, "Too fitty." So for about <laughs> a year and a half, it went from stunt mouth to stunt mouth, aka. Too fitty, too fitty, too fitty. You know, it was not fitty. <laughs> send it was it was just too fitty. But this is not about me anyway. <laughs> so Joe Vertical, what you know? Let's can we talk about? We, you just talked about the the love and the passion. But what inspired you to get on bikes? What what's your bike life history? You know, um, to be truthful with you, there, there was a few influences. One was my grandfather, but he was an old Harley guy, salty, old tattooed bearded man. And he had a bunch of Indians, which turned out to be a cool connection later on in life with him and I, but, uh, he had some BSAs, but he was an old salty biker, you know? And I think he's the first one for me that, that really inspired me to want to ride motorcycles my father had some bikes and he was into it, but he was more into three wheelers and four wheelers. And so was my older brother. And I don't know exactly where I got it from. I don't know how it happened, but when I was four, it was all I wanted was a dirt bike. And I kept telling my dad, I want a dirt bike. I want a dirt bike. I want a dirt bike. And he wanted me to have a three wheeler or a four wheeler. And he, he finally gave in, he got me a dirt bike, but his one, his, his one, one thing with it was that if I couldn't ride it without training wheels and I wouldn't ride it. Mm. So he was kind of set me up for failure, I think, or at least <laughs> trying to, but, uh, much to his dismay, I, Christmas morning, I remember it. I don't have a lot of good memories. I hit my head a few times, but I remember going out in the field across the street and he put me on the thing and he pushed me off and I was gone, you know? So I, I don't know what it was exactly. You know, I, I don't know if I could pinpoint one thing, but I've always been drawn to it. You know, and, and for sure, as soon as I took off on that thing, I was that was it for me. It was all I wanted to do. I don't think I ever owned a three wheeler or a four wheeler after that. Nothing. It was always dirt bikes. Always you know? on. Always on two. Always on two. Yep. Um, yep. What was your tenure like? What, what was that time like for you? We're talking like we're talking about two thousands. That whole you know vertical outlaws. We're talking yep. about doing stunt shows and traveling and competitions, stunt wars and everything. What was mm-hmm. that time like for you? Because it almost feels like. I feel like riders that are coming up today, they're oblivious to yeah. that time. You know what I mean? And it was a, it's a special it, time. And I have a lot of great memories, a lot of great memories from that time. What do you think? It's a very, very special time, I think. And, and it was, um, you know, a, a, almost like a coming of age for stunt riding. Mm. You know, that was when guys were starting to make money off it and guys were figuring out how to leverage it and guys were getting factory deals and they were getting bikes. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a special time, you know, but for me, I, I think it was some of the best times I've ever had in my life, you know, and I look back and I was barely making any money. You know, I took whatever savings I had and moved to Florida because we had been competing against guys at stunt wars that were able to ride year round. Right. Mm-hmm. So a few of us from Maine were kind of like, man, you know, like we, we get to ride for four months out of the year. You know, right. one year I was I was trying to ride in the snow before Stump Wars, trying to just just knock the rust off, you know, and I was like, man, this is I can't do this. Like, I, I want to go down there for just a winter and, and just try it, you know. So we 
we're really just shoestringing it and piecing our bikes together and, and trying to get whatever we could just to keep it going, you know, but those competitions, I mean, you remember Stunt Wars. Yeah. It was, uh, man, the, after the MTV True Life special, yeah. the, that place was bursting at the seams, man. There was probably 30,000 people at that event. That was unbelievable. It was nuts. It was nuts. Yeah. I feel like during that time, it was cool when it was considered almost like a, a non-mainstream. It was kind of like a mm-hmm. counterculture, subculture type thing. But the more exposure, it's a weird thing because it's a catch-22. You want the exposure, you want the recognition, and you want to push the sport. You know, and again, a lot of people, anybody listening to Life and the Fasting understand that it is definitely a sport, was and is a sport that you, you want to push it to the next level. But with that exposure, with that exposure, you get, you know, more eyes, more ears and more people wanting to be a part of and partake of. Mm-hmm. And I think that that ultimately changes things. It may change the, the narrative and the dialogue of where the sport's going, going to go. It Did totally you, changes that. Yeah, I, I, I totally I, agree. I saw a lot of great things happening, but at a certain point, you kind of say, OK, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And you start watching and it's like you want things to work out for the best, but you notice that the some of the some left turns should be should have been right turns and some right turns should have been left turns. And yes. then you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, where's I the do. map? Who's got the map? But yeah. then it's kind of like, where is it now? Yeah, and, and I, I gotta be truthful with you. Some of that stuff and it may have just been uh the right time in my life, but you know, I, I sort of took a little bit of a, a left turn away from the industry a little bit. I, I don't want to say that I got bored with it, but I, I kind of did, I think. And it okay. felt like the same old song and dance and it felt like a lot of false hopes. And, you know, and then I saw a lot of people getting involved in it that, you know, I, I'm not sure they had the right intentions and, you know, it wasn't necessarily because they, they loved it, you know, but it was just because they wanted some notoriety, right. you know, and then, with Instagram and the way social media changed things, like I think it's just more about a feel, you know, everything felt a little different and the community didn't feel the same as it used to, you know, but it was also things change. That's all, you know, and I'm not saying it was bad, you know, uh, this is, this is crazy, but you know, uh, a, a really old stunt man, a legend in the business. The guy's name is Glenn Wilder and he is an originator in our world and one of the best to ever do it. And I had the fortune of becoming friends with him early on in my career. And we were talking about some stuff and, you know, I had mentioned at one point, you know, like, geez, you know, I, I feel like I'm in the wrong era is what I said, you know, and I said, I look back at all the times that you guys had and I just feel like it'll never be like that again. And he kind of stopped for a second and he told me, you know, you need to pay attention to what's happening around you because right now these are your good old days. Mm. He said, you'll look back at these days someday and you'll say, man, things will never be like that again. So pay attention to what's happening and enjoy it. And I think that for me, like I'm able to do that now and I can look and I can say, you know what, for all the kids that are just getting into stunt riding now, they have the same feelings that we had when we were doing it in 2000, right? right? So right. they're they're looking at it and they think that they're at the pinnacle of things, you know, but for them, these will be their good old days. So we're saying, boy, it'll never be like it was, but for them it is. You know, Joe, I think that Joe Dryden, you just got deep. On life. I did. You just make Black Moses is a oh man, that was deep. You just dropped some science. <laughs> I did. Well, you know what it is, man. I try to keep that perspective, right? Because I don't want to say, you know what, man, we had it, and, and these kids will never have it, and they'll never understand it, and they won't. Because I don't necessarily think that's true. I think that they're living in their in their best time right now. You know, wow. so it's it's just it. You got to just enjoy the time that you have, and and you know that's it puts uh, a different perspective on life when you actually that was. Thank you, brother. I needed to hear that today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's great. That's really oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so before I get emotional, listen. Um, now you taken you moved on. I don't want to say moved on. I want to say you broadened your broadened. broadened your scope of life, and you found yourself in front of a camera. How? Yep. Wait. Pause. I remember. This was, oh man, this just popped into my head. Oh, I remember, remember a headshot of you. We were in Atlanta, the Atlanta Bike Fest mm-hmm. years ago. We're going, not many years ago, but years ago. And 
I remember you showed me your your headshot. And did, were you wearing a cowboy hat in it? Cowboy hat? No, I'm not a cowboy hat kind of guy. Well, it was a cowboy this, hat you had a style. Guy. You had something about it. Was it wasn't stunt? It was very. Oh, you know which picture I'm talking about, right? I don't know. I might. I might. I've I've had a I've had a few over the years. Headshots are a funny thing, man. It was a, a funny thing. It was an early photo of you, and I think at that point, I didn't I didn't really connect the dots, but I think it was about that time that maybe. You were at the beginning of Broadway. I'm going to find that picture and send it to you because you know exactly what I'm talking about. You might not have been wearing a hat. It might have been a hat hanging up behind you. I don't know. But check it out. Yes. So how did you make that transition? How did you open? How did that door open up to you? Well, it's a it's a crazy, crazy thing. Life, right? Things kind of have a way of presenting themselves when they need to, I guess. And I was in Florida. I had just come off of almost a nine month recovery on a wrist surgery that was supposed to be something simple, but it was, I was off the bike for nine months and I figured out pretty quick that, uh, nobody's really going to help you. You know, Mm. you get hurt in this world and you're kind of on your own. So I was sort of in a spot where, you know, I was like, man, I don't know if this is worth it anymore. I'm giving my sponsors everything that I have. And, you know, I've now I've hit a little bit of a speed bump and I'm on my own. You know, so I kind of took a second to look around and Disney World had a live action stunt show called Lights, Motors, Action. Mm. And it's like a behind the scenes look at how they film Hollywood chase scenes. And I kind of thought, you know what, man, this might be fun and maybe I can make a little money and I can get back on my feet and I can figure things out. Well, I went and auditioned for the show and I got the part and my second week in training, my manager pulled me in his office and he was like, hey, I got a friend that needs a guy that can wheelie. He needs to have an all black bike and it's for a Toyota commercial. He's like, "Is can you do that? And I just said, yeah, that's pretty much me. You know, no problem. I can totally do that. So he put me in touch with the guy and you know, I called him and I went down to Miami and ran into Kyle Woods, funny enough, yeah. who was the other part in this thing. And uh, it was exactly that. It was a Toyota national spot. And Kyle kind of told me a little bit about the union and how it worked and what it was all about. And while I was there, I had a minute to just sort of realize, like, you know, this is a real job. You know, it's a, it's a union and it's health insurance and it's benefits and it's very real. It's a retirement and it's something that I can really work at. So just by chance, getting that opportunity was what sort of opened my eyes at, a, at the right time for me in life. And I just put my head down and focused on it. You know, I said, this is what I want to do. That's awesome. The uh, the so the commercial. So we started Disney stunt show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. commercial for Toyota. Yeah. What was your did you go? into film or were there several commercials after that or TV? Boy, it's another, another sort of funny beat there is that because <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I got this commercial and I didn't really know what the pay was and I, I didn't know what residuals were. I knew nothing about any of that stuff. So I sort of, you know, took this job and received a couple paychecks and then I received a couple residuals and I was like, geez, man, this is the way to be. If I could just do <laughs> three commercials a year, I could totally live off of this. Right. right, right. Little, little do I know that commercials are few and far between and they're really hard to come by. So I, you know, I didn't do another commercial for like eight years after wow. that one, which was <laughs> kind of funny. But, you know, in the meantime, I, I started doing as much research as I could and I made some contacts in Miami on, uh, the TV show Burn Notice. Yeah, you know, I went and I got got hired on that through a reference of Kyle, and I went down and did one episode, and the coordinator on that show really liked me, so then he brought me back, and I gained some more opportunity through him. But most of it for me was figuring out right. Like in the beginning, I just thought, okay, I'll just do motorcycle stuff, right? Well, it's only like two percent of the business, you know. Like there's so much other stuff on the other side. I'd like fights and falls and stunt rigging and just driving and whatever else you can do. And, and it's so much, you have to be able to do everything. You right. can't just do motorcycles, you know, you can, but you'll, you'll work maybe once a year. So wait, so year, it's not you know, so, so much, it's not so much just being not that it's not just being a stunt rider. It's now you're a 
stunt person. Stunt person. Yep. And that was another, another bit of a learning curve for me was, was figuring out, can I crash this motorcycle on purpose? Mm. You know, question mark. Right. <laughs> right. When I got my first call for it, I, the truth was, is I didn't actually know, you know, I was pretty sure that I could talk myself into anything. And I talked to a few people that had done it before and I got some pointers, but when it came time to do it, man, I'll, I'll never forget. It was actually on burn notice. And there's, you know, 150 people in the movie crew that are just looking at you and it's all about you, you know? And then when they count down, you got to go, like you, you have to do it. There's no, no real back out you know so that's what i remember just being almost numb when they started counting down and then they called action and i went and i remember on the other side thinking okay i can do this no problem <laughs> you know what's interesting like i you know i in my line of work as a journalist and, and as industry person i i meet so many people and i and i have you know like friends like you who are engaged in this type of work and i've never you know i've never done anything like it would love to, but I have not done it yet. But I always, in my mind, it was always, it's not just about riding and, and laying it down, but you have to be able to take direction. You have to be able to, mm-hmm. and if you're playing a character or if you're doubling for someone, you have to still be in that character. So it's no longer, how would Joe Dryden crash this bike? It's whatever character that you're playing mm-hmm. How would they crash that bike and what would they do after? So it's way more cerebral than, you know, just, oh, I'm just going to lay it down right here because the director told me to. Yeah. How do you, how do you, so in that regard, there's role preparation that is involved, is it not? Yeah, totally. No, there, there totally is. And, you know, the other thing is uh, as our business is ever changing and, and there's more demand for bigger action and bigger stuff, like like things are evolving. You know, like there was a point in time in this industry where the only motorcycle wreck was a laydown. You just go and you, you low side the bike and you're on your way. Well, there's so many more things now and there's so many different different ways to do it. And every coordinator has a different idea and every director wants something a little bit different. But yeah, there's, there's a million variables now that go into any one crash. They're not simple. That's for sure. You know, and as it went on, you know, and then as people gain more confidence in you, you start to get bigger opportunities and you do it on a bigger stage. And, and that's when the pressure pressure's on, man. You know, it's, uh, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough world, tough world to thrive in. Do you have Say, don't say anything about the most recent products. We're about to jump into that. But prior mm-hmm. to the most recent project, do you have a favorite film, television, or commercial project that you've done? Something that stands out? Or, and or is there something that we would not have known it was you, but everybody's seen it? Something a little bit more... Uh, something that was broadcast in front of everybody, something a little bit more global appeal. Uh, it's hard to say. There's a few. Uh, Venom was a lot of fun last year. Uh, Great movie. That was pretty good. The Venom was, you know, that was, that was, that was a, that was a good movie. A lot of action. I think it was the bike scene mm-hmm. where you laid yep. down the, uh, that was, so was that you? Were you head on that? It was. Yeah. So I, I did what they call the specialty parts, right? So I wasn't necessarily the best stunt double for Tom Hardy. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't really look like him. Right. So, you know, you do a little bit of movie magic and, and they inserted me in the specialty parts of it. And another rider did just the, the majority of the riding, riding, like just weaving through traffic and doing that kind of stuff. But I did the low sides in it, uh, which was tricky because it was brake side down which mm. is not standard usually in our industry you go break side up so that you can keep your foot on there longer yeah. um and then the other was that they wanted they wanted me to stay in in the cockpit they wanted me to stay on the bike while it's spun because in the scene venom throws his stuff and he pulls him around the corner and while he's doing it the bike is spinning circles on its side so they wanted me to stay in which i did i was able to do a couple full rotations in the bike you know staying in there while it's on the ground sliding and then i did the stop, he threw the fireball, which was, you know, for me, kind of a layup. I spent a lot of time on the front wheel. <laughs> so that was a good one. And then I did, uh, I did some drifting and some wheelies and stuff, you know, just the, the typical specialty style stuff. Uh, that was a fun project. That's crazy. I think that the one that, the one that I'm most proud of, I think 
is for a movie called Keeping Up with the Joneses with okay. Zach Galifianakis. And it wasn't a huge movie. It wasn't a big thing. But what I did in that was for me, I, I you know, I kind of gave this industry a new wreck a little bit, you know. So <laughs> okay. what, what everybody does typically, right, if you need to go over the front of the bike in one form or another, they do what's called a cable off. And what they do is they tie the bike to a cable and you ride into an end mark and you sort of leave a little bit just before you hit the end mark and the cable snaps the bike and you go flying, you know, so the bike stops and you keep going. So I don't like those particularly. I don't really like the way they look. I don't think that they photograph all that well. The bike snaps backwards usually and they don't really make a lot of sense. So what I did was I ended up rolling a stoppy into a K-Rail. What? And flipped over the K-Rail. Yeah, so what ended up happening out of this was great because the bike hit the K-Rail and it did a full one and a half. You know, basically popped straight up in the air and did a full one and a half. And I probably went 55 or 60 feet, you know, and went tumbling down the down the grass and it worked great. But it was just cool for me because it was something that I'd not seen before. And, um, you know, it, it just kind of was a little bit of a different flavor on a, on kind of an old wreck that nobody had done. So, that, see, that's that the type fun. of stuff where you, you know, like, you know, years from now, you know, when you win your Oscar for a <laughs> stunt, <laughs> it'll be like Joe Dryden, inventor of the stoppy decay rail wreck. <laughs> no, that one. One's good, but I will tell you the, the the one that the one that gained me the most notoriety is going through the back window of that SUV on Hawaii Five O. So that clip went viral. It was on Break.com. It was everywhere. There are multiple channels that have multiple millions of views on this thing, and that was it. I had a dummy on the back of the bike, okay. and I stoppied and went through the back window of a Chevy Tahoe. What? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, that thing floated around everywhere. But that wreck did exactly what I wanted it to for me. So at the time, it was still pretty early on for me as mm -hmm. far as motorcycle stuff went. And you get kind of classified in this industry, you know, and they're crash guys and they're specialty guys. And I kind of got um, got pigeonholed a little bit into being a specialty guy. So I would go to set and I would do the trick riding and then they would insert another guy to do the crash. You know, and I just remember at the time, that's another one of those motivation things for me thinking that, you know, I want to do the wreck too. you know, like I, I don't want to just be the specialty guy. Like, why should that guy, why about. should that guy get your check as well? Yeah. You get, get both checks. Get the check. <laughs> exactly. I'll take both, both checks, both <laughs> yes. checks, you know? So when that crash came up, you know, I, I jumped on it and I said, yes, definitely. Wow, I can man. do it a hundred percent. I can do it practically. I can do it for real. And, you know, it became a, a thing, man. A lot of people telling me not to do it. You know, and I just sort of secretly knew that it wasn't going to be that big of a deal for me, you know, and um, it ended up going great and it spread like wildfire. You know, that crash got me so much notoriety in the business that, you know, it, it honestly kind of I did it for a while, became the guy for bike wrecks. And how, it's, how many injuries? I'm not didn't mean to cut you off, but, you know, yeah, no, I'd, be rem, I'd be remiss to, if I did not ask you. What's the, it's a high risk factor, of course. And of course, all the safety precautions, you know, are mm -hmm. taken, I'm sure. How, how bad have you been injured? You know, I've actually been um, incredibly fortunate. So I'm going to knock on wood now mm. because I've, I've not been hurt on set. Wow. So I've been, I've been knocked out a couple of times. I've been dizzy a few times. I've been a little beat up a few times, but I've not ever been hurt on set. Um, I will tell you that. The guys that I've been fortunate enough to work for in this business are the best at what they do and they're the best at preparing and their priority number one is always making sure that everybody goes home safe. You know, they don't want anything bad to happen. And, you know, of course, you know, sometimes it does. Mm -hmm. But um, I will tell you that it's uh, everybody works their absolute hardest and they do their best to make sure that that doesn't happen. So I have not been hurt on set. You know, and that's something that I'm very proud of, you yeah. know, because that, that's another part of it is that there are some guys that will just go for it. You know, if you say run as fast as you can and slam into that wall, they'll just do it, you know, and, and that's not necessarily the name of the game. You know, right. at the end of this, it's you got to you got to provide a, a great service, you know, and you've got to do the wreck and it's got to look like a crash and it's got to be the real deal. But, but you got to go you know, home, they, man. You got to go home. And and that's just as important to the people hiring you as the actual crash. You know, Absolutely. is that this guy 
guy can do it and he knows how to do it and he will do it within his means and he won't get hurt. And that's, that's it. It's just as important, you know? Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, you know, we, we, I feel like we covered a lot of bases, but I, 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 you know, I, I saw a movie last week and, uh, the reason why this is special to me, the first time that I met the star of this movie, I don't give a damn. It's my show. We talking about John Wick, y'all. Let me tell you something. All right. The first time that I met Keanu Reeves, it was shortly after the first John Wick came out. And the, I, to me at that time, that was my favorite Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. movie. I think he maybe said a total of maybe 50 words in the entire movie. <laughs> it was simple. You know, his wife died. They killed his dog and they stole his car. Insert revenge here. Okay. So exactly. to me, that was just a, a brilliant movie. So I met him shortly after that at MotoGP in Austin, Texas. And, uh, you know, you know, he obviously has Arch Motorcycles. Shout out to Keanu and Guard Hollinger over at Arch uh, Motorcycles. Good guys. And I then, a couple of months later, I had the opportunity to ride with him at uh, the Pirelli Track Day after World Superbike at Laguna Seca. Again, super awesome guy, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. So he's the best. He, this guy is insanely, insanely great. Like, I, yep. he's just a great dude. So then John Wick 2 comes out. But mm-hmm. I, remember te- I remember telling Keanu, like, yo, I was like, dude, I was like, dude, greatest movie you've ever done. <laughs> he just looked at me and he was like, thanks, you know, thanks, very humble, yeah. thanks. <laughs> so, um, so then, you know, John Wick 2 comes out and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It's not as great as the original, but, you know, okay, I get it. They're telling a story. There's, you know, Shakespearean three-story arc. I, I got you. All right, there's got to be a third one. So then mm-hmm. I start seeing previews for the third one and I tell my wife and I'm like, babe, John Wick 3 is coming out. And she's like, not really impressed based off of what she saw in John Wick 2. <laughs> and I'm like, no, babe, there's bikes. But there was a bike scene in John Wick 2. Were mm-hmm. you involved with that as well? Yeah, man. So, All right, so let's just get into I've, it. Tell the people. Into it. Tell the people. We're talking to the stunt. You, you, I, I, can I tell it? Can I say it? Because I'm just excited to know you, yeah. man. You, you are, can say it. You are the stunt double for Keanu in John Wick 3, correct? I'm, I'm one of them. Okay, I'm one, one of them. One so of. There, there, there are many. As always, there's, it takes many people to create these things. Many, many, many. And what, what the Wick franchises do and the 8711 action team, um, they, they do what they should do is, is they get the best guy for every particular stunt that's happening. So they don't just have one guy that kind of can do it all. They get the best guy for each one. So that's how they've always done it. And that's why the action looks amazing. Uh, the guys are the best at what they do and, and it shows, but, um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to work on two, uh, as well. So I'm actually the first person you see in John Wick. That's two. what I thought in the opening yep. scene going yep, through the opening New York scene. and he's chasing yep. you through. Oh, that's great. Man. Yep. So that's me. And then I'm also the other motorcycle bad guy at the warehouse in the car chase. Okay. So I played both those parts and then flash forward to three. Uh, uh, Keanu killed me three times and then I doubled him. So <laughs> there was a, yeah, there's a, there's a, a bit there. It's great. But uh, no, I, um, I did the horse chase mm-hmm. as well. And I did one of those wrecks. Uh, I was clotheslined off the bike when he was running out of grand central station and then he gets on the bike and takes off. Then I become him on that bike. Uh, <laughs> and then I did what is probably my proudest crash to date right now. Um, the crash where they end up at the continental, and he gets yes. to his safer grounds. Uh, we did that all practically with one of my best friends. So uh, Regis Harrington okay. is the other rider on the other bike. And the premise is that he is trying everything he can to get Wick before he gets to the Continental. And on his way there, decides one last ditch effort to low side his bike into Wick, which causes Wick to high side. Uh, we did this practically. So we did it like uh, you call it a movie punch, but we did it all in one piece where he wow. low sided in behind me and then I initiated a high side and went and I did that crash with no helmet. So That's it was uh, crazy. Yeah, it was a very, very technical, uh, very well thought out, very well put together crash. And 
you know, the, the guys that are responsible for it, uh, stunt coordinator, Scott Rogers always had confidence in us. Second unit director, Darren Prescott is amazing at what he does. And he, uh, yeah, these were their visions and we just did what we could to make them come to life. Dude, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm watching the movie with my wife and I'm like, you know, I'm not a talker. I'm not a talker during the movie, but every time there was a bike, you know, I'm like nudging <laughs> <Yeah>. her. <laughs> I'm yeah. not, hey, and I, at one point, I can, I say, babe, I know, I know a couple of those guys. One of those guys is Joe. I know one of those guys is Joe. <laughs> you and know I think the other one is Ernie too. Was it Ernie? Yeah. Yeah. So, I was like, so yeah, the other guy's Ernie. <laughs> Yep. And what's what's great is that I've actually uh, I, I got a call a while back to do um, a commercial, a Super Bowl commercial, uh, doubling Keanu. And I was unavailable. So I passed it on to Ernie, who's actually a better double for him than I am. He shaped a lot more like him. So he went and did that. And then in that particular sequence, uh, I needed to do a wreck as a bad guy. So we needed another double for Keanu. And I brought Ernie in and he did amazing as expected. So he's, he's doing things as well. That's great. That was, you know, and that to me, when I can enjoy, like as, obviously as a writer, you know, that attracts, you know, my, that grabs my attention. But I think for the non-writer, it's just great action storytelling. And obviously that stunt that you just uh, described, the punch that you called it, that's Mm -hmm. a pivotal point because the character John Wick is, he's trying to get sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, oh, no. Uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, already threw, we threw a few of them up. Yeah. We may, may as well just let it fly now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no. They, well, here's what I'll tell you. What was cool for me was that uh, my wife is, you know, crazy enough. She does stunts as well. And that's how we met. We met on set. But she's not really an action movie fan. You know, she'll watch them. But if it's up to us, generally, we'll find a comedy or something like that. That's more our style. Sure. Uh, but uh, John Wick has made her a fan, not That's only awesome. of action, but of Keanu Reeves. She now loves him. He's for sure her favorite actor. You know? That's, you know, that's that's cool. See, see, see what motorcycles and stunt riding does. It brings families together and, and Going creates back to my career and what I'm doing. Yeah, right. But it's, you know, the, the director of that, Chad Stahowski, uh, used to be Keanu's stunt double. Which I so, read in The Matrix, correct? Yep. Yep, Everything comes so, full circle. It does. It does a little bit, but it also, you know, like it, it's also evidence to an ever-changing industry, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, my goal in this world has always been to direct. Uh, that's where I'll end up. That's what I want to do. It's where I want to go. I love um, that. This is a great vehicle to get there, but that's what I want to do. And guys like Chad have really, you know, inspired a whole group of people because he was a stunt guy. And what happened was. Keanu brought him that script and asked him about second unit directing, action directing. And uh, he just flat out had the confidence to ask, what about first unit directing? And uh, Reeves said, I love it. And the rest is history. See, you, know? so it's, you don't get yep. anything in this world if you don't ask for it, one. It's very true. Um, but that's, see, that's, I, I love that. And I, with your body of work, anybody, everybody listening, make sure you go check out Joe's IMDB page. Um, your body of work is extensive um, and impressive. I mean, there's things that the top of the page, there's a lot of things in post-production now that just look mm-hmm. amazing. I don't know what they are. I didn't click on the link, but the names of some of the <laughs> projects, <laughs> this name, the yep. names of some of the projects are just very exciting. Um, you know, that's, that's the film world, but you're still involved. I don't want people to think that you're not still doing uh, stunt performances because you are still part of the Indian Thrill show. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, I still have a relationship with Indian, which you know segues way back to my grandfather. It was a proud moment for me to see, wait, wait, Paul, have see, an Indian. See, I, wait, can yeah. I get a, can I get credit for just bringing that around? I knew I made a note you to can. make sure that I bring that back. Black Moses, I know what I'm doing. I almost know you what I'm this. doing. <laughs> you got this. You got this. Whether it was on purpose or not, you get credit for it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so wait, so now in the yeah. intro show, your grandfather and, you know, uh, so that relationship is, 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 that's united by the the shows that you're doing with Indian, correct? It is. Sadly, I lost him uh, just, just prior to signing that deal, like uh, literally like months before, which was, was a little sad for me, but it's, uh, it, it always stays with me and, 
you know, every time I'm able to see, I've got a garage full of Indians. I know that he, that he's stoked, you know, and that's, uh, that's a big thing for me. So the Indian thrill show was literally born out of just me wanting to get back to that joy of riding motorcycles. You know, um, it, the show is fun. I don't know if you've ever, have you seen one yet? Have I you have been, in have Sturgis. You, you have, yeah, in Sturgis, you right? Tony, yeah. So, yep, yep, Tony and I, and I, I made sure I partnered Hall, with, to Tony. yep, yep, with, you know, some of my best friends in the industry with Tony and then Chris Tice announces for us and, you know, it just brings back so many memories and, you know, we're, we're not out there reinventing the wheel, but we're out there having fun and we pay homage to the old thrill show riders with our firewall and, you know, we get some jumps in there and, and it's all about just entertaining and having a good time. And, and it, I think it shows our show is fun and unanimously everybody likes it. And, uh, yeah, we're going to continue to do that for, for as long as Indian will have us. I love it, man. Listen, Mr. Dryden, I don't want to take up all of your day, but uh, I have to say, uh, I have to say thank you, man, because I can consider Black Moses highly entertained, and I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate well, thank you, thank your you, work, thank man. you, Black Moses. Yeah. I appreciate it. I, uh, no, it's so always my a new always Black have fun. Yeah, we always have fun getting together, and uh, let's make this more frequently. Absolutely, but before I let you go. I don't know if you've listened to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by your boy, Mr. Black Moses. But we have a section uh, that kind of wraps everything up. It's called the Super Pole section of the show, yep. where I kind of ask you a couple questions, rapid fire style. And mm-hmm. you just kind of give answers as they as they come to your brain. Okay, are you ready for okay. the Super Pole section, Mr. Joe Dryden? Let's give it a shot. All right. Question number one. Tupac or Biggie? Tupac. See, I like you said that with, oh, I, see, that's conviction. That right was, there. that was my, that man. Yeah. Sixth grade, junior high and forward. That was always Tupac. West what's your Coast favorite Coast. Tupac song? West Coast. You know, what's crazy is I actually like the Machiavelli album. That to like me is the most underrated, that is the most yeah. underrated hip hop album of, I'm going to say top five underrated hip hop albums of all I, times. I, I agree with you because not everybody would say that, but Live and Die in L.A. I feel like just has such a vibe. And Hail Mary oh, also is another one, man, that I just I, I dig it. I dig it. Such a, He speaks so much truth. He does. Such a He does. In, incredibly intelligent man gone way too soon. Agreed. Brother Joe, I'm team. That's my boy. Love you, Joe. Moving on. Question number two. Lot sessions or movie sets? Oh, that's right. I just uh, came for you. I just came for you. I did. I thought you were going to say streets. I thought it was going to be an easy one for me. Mm. I was going to say lot sessions, but to actually, yeah, I'm going to go lot sessions, you know? So what happens in the lot is that there's no pressure out there. Yeah. No lights, nobody looking at you. That's just you and your bike and you're free to express however you feel you want to. So I'm going lot sessions on that one. That I respect that. I can respect that. Moving on. Final question. If you could take a ride with anyone alive, no longer with us, uh, figurative, fictional, non-fictional, uh, mythological, biblical, who would that be? Where I'm would going, you I'm, ride? Where, where, where would you ride? And what would you be riding? Um, I'm going with Hunter S. Thompson Ooh. in the desert on a scrambler. Wow. That's where I'm going. Wait, would that be the Vegas de- uh, Vegas desert? Yep, for sure. See, that's that's cool, man. That that's feels cool. enlightening. Feels enlightening to me. You know what? Can I tell you? Can I can I share a, a Black Moses truth with you? Yes. I have yet to see Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. You know, I the movie. You got to read the book. Okay. See. Okay. Yep. See, maybe yep. that's why I haven't read seen it yet because the book would do me better. It would. It would. <laughs> Joe, brother Joe, I have learned you. You've tur- you you've learned me some things. That's how my grandma used to say. You learned me some things. You learned me some things. <laughs> <laughs> you have learned me some things today, brother. It is it, you know it's such a great great experience just knowing you. I've and I can say that I have worked with you. Um, I believe you. You know you zoomed past me on one wheel multiple times. Uh, yeah, uh, and you know it's 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 a privilege to. <laughs> you hear him? <laughs> <laughs> That's my, the my son. He said he says it's pool time. It's pool time, Dad. Pool. <laughs> hey man, well because it's pool time. And what's your son's name? 
Rhett. 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 Yep. Sorry, sorry, Rhett. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he says it's okay, but he's good. He's, good. he's got his floaties on. We he's, are ready to jam. He's ready to go. Is there anybody <laughs> that you want to give shout outs to, thank yous to, and finally, how can the listeners follow you on social media and keep up with everything that you're doing? The list of thank yous is far too large, but uh, currently my wife who holds it down, man, she takes care of the kids when I'm gone. And that's what it is. I see her now with the kids in the pool and they're waiting on me to jump in there. And, and without her, man, this, this house falls apart. So she is the biggest inspiration for me. And hundred percent, all this is possible because of her support. And then there's been some others along the way. Kyle Woods has, has really helped and, guy named Jonathan Arthur has given me tons and tons of opportunity and, you know, mostly my family and my friends and my bike family, you know, everybody, everybody's held it down for me over the years and it's been incredible. But uh, yeah, if anybody wants to follow along, I pretty much just, just do Instagram uh, at Joe vertical and uh, check it out. There's a good mix on there. There's some, some Indian stuff. There's some family stuff. There's some movie stuff. It's uh, kind of a smorgasbord of, of things. Joe, Thank you so much, man. Um, go enjoy your family and get your pool time in, man. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. I will talk to you soon, okay? All right, Alan. Thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it, Black Moses. <laughs> appreciate you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye-bye. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out your boy, Mr. Black Moses, and this week's episode of Life in the Fast Lane. Please follow the show on Instagram at Life in the Fast Lane Official. On Twitter, you can find us at L-I-T-F-L Official. And on Facebook, at Life in the Fast Lane Podcast. As always, please hit that like, that share, and subscribe button. We'll be right back here next Friday with an all-new episode of Life in the Fast Lane. Hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. I'm gone! This is a Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy Quick Fix on Radio Influence. We're talking about the industry, as we like to do. We're talking about the hospitality industry. And in reality, we're talking about the human industry. We're talking about the fact that we need to treat our employees in the hospitality industry better. We have a responsibility. We have more employees and more imp- and more restaurants in the ho- and more hospitality outlets than we ever have anywhere. You talk about the fact there's 9,500, something like that, restaurants in Philadelphia. We're sharing employees. We're recycling. We're co-mingling, okay? If we just start to step back and take a couple of seconds and maybe even a couple pennies and start to change it up a little bit, be a little bit more... Uh, conscientious of the employees. They are not slaves. They are employees. They are not just working there for a dollar. They're working there to do something to better themselves as well. And I will tell you that if you take even the laziest of employees and you offer them an opportunity to gain information, that that dynamic will change. I always talk about the fact that I like to spend time with the employees. I like to go into a kitchen as a chef, and I like to work with one employee every couple days for one hour. Put my phone down, put an apron on, make sure my jacket's buttoned up, make sure I got a towel in there ready to rock and roll. And I stand next to these guys and I show them exactly what it is that I'm looking for. Because remember, I am the chef of the restaurant, okay? It is my food that you are creating and that you are putting onto a plate that you are giving to a guest. I want to make sure and you should want to make sure that that food is as as consistent as possible. It's just that simple. Consistency is the key to success within this industry, boys and girls. If you're consistent with good service and quality food, there's zero opportunity for you to fail. Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.